We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Laura, I have to say the summer is coming. I know. <gasps> we wait expectantly we all do. year long for summer to come. I eh? know. We've been having a blast of summer this past little bit. Like literally that little edge of it's coming, like the 17, 18, 19 I think even hit 20 at some point. Yes, yes. And well, it's incredible. I don't think we've seen in many, many years like the buds on the trees in April. No. Grass, the tulips are out, like all the buds are in. It's amazing. It is amazing. And it's April. I know. We had that in St. Catharines. Everything was about a month early. Yes. And here in Ottawa, though, we don't get it. We really don't get spring. It goes like a little bit of spring into burning hot. it's kind of like fall we have a tiny fall into freezing cold like there's not really big trend whereas where we're from we would have much longer transition seasons not here it goes pretty fast you know but there's a lot of preparation eh oh yeah do you feel like that right now with your house getting ready and i just love (laughs) it like i love to get the chores outside finally you know and get outside set up the furniture outside a place to sit in the sun and get the pool ready oh it is just so fun and we love the sun I the know. heat i know it was this weekend i think it was like 18 uh, and of course i was in a tank top doing our yard work so i'm like i'm getting as much sun as possible on my upper body and i did get a little bit of a tan i walked nice. and i was like yes. you're like yes i know so you feel healthy i don't know what it is at the end of summer color. i mean end of winter that little bit of color just makes you feel so much better. So yes. anyway, summer is coming and the preparation, same thing. The, but getting ready for summer, there's a great anticipation for summer, but it really is also getting everything ready. And I think this would be a really neat segue for us just to talk a little bit about the parable of the 10 bridesmaids or the 10 virgins, as you've heard about in other contexts in Matthew 25. And this is a powerful parable. And I think we should unpack this today and Let's just read it. the scripture and yeah, unpack it. I love it. this. Okay, so I'm going to read. We're reading from Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. And it says this. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish did not take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Go, come out to meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. 
What a powerful parable. Such a powerful parable. And there's so many parallels and there's so many things that stand out. I know when I read this parable, I just, I notice all of the spaces and the places where it talks about be alert, Mm. be awake, preparation, all, it's all about that. And like, that's actually our call. Even the word watch, watch, therefore, that's actually our call as believers that we're to be, you know, once we come to faith in Christ, there's this, uh, it's almost like a light turns on, a light of our faith Mm -hmm. turns on or is ignited inside of us. And, and we're to be watchful and mindful just like mm. you and i anticipate summer coming every mm. year and and when it's delayed you know when we get a late late summer it can get discouraging and depressing and we just mm-hmm. want it so bad and long for it but in the same way in our faith journey and this is obviously extended over the course of our entire lives so how much more how much more can we actually begin to lose hope in the waiting Another word that popped out that you're reading is the word delayed. That word delayed. So often when something we're waiting for is delayed, we can really lose hope. And I know I've been studying this year about hold fast, like hold. Mm. And how many times in scripture it reminds us to stand firm, hold fast, hang on, keep watch. It's almost as though we need to be reminded Mm. again and again and again, do not lose heart in the waiting, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is just such a great parable. And it's it's kind of like what life is like. We are part of that 10 virgins, mm. the 10 bridesmaids. Which part are we? Are we the five wise ones or are we the five foolish ones? And so it's a it's a sobering par- uh, parable. It really is. And it, as we've said, it really is symbolic of Jesus' return, him saying, you know, be watch and ready. He's using a parable that in the Jewish culture they would have understood. So this is very much, when we went to Israel, that is what I think was such a big revelation for me, that before we'd gone to Israel, I would read the Gospels and look at the parables and think they were almost mysterious in a way, like these puzzles. But actually, when you get into the land of Israel, and I'm not even, I have very limited knowledge of even Jewish history, but just being absorbed into a, a bit of that culture you see that Jesus would have been teaching and pointing to things that he would have been seeing as he was teaching or just understanding celebrations and past like situations that the culture would have been fully aware of. And he would have been tying in very complex kingdom principles into simple things that they could put their hands on. So for example, a wedding, this is exactly how a wedding would have happened. The bridegroom goes prepares a place with his father then he comes back when the place is ready for the bride but she waits in the chamber with her bridesmaids waiting for that triumphal entry and there's usually shouting and yelling and they come in at any time but the father lets the son know it's time to go get your bride and the the you know the bridegroom will come make all this and it's the bride doesn't know so she's rest she's ready dressed in her her chamber waiting for this incredible moment when her bridegroom will come and take her to be Um, take her to the wedding and the wedding would go on for a feast like it's not just like here we have a dinner oh no it was like days and it was a huge celebration that everyone was invited to and a huge moment for them so as Jesus is explaining his coming he's using a wedding that they would fully understand that this is how it took place 
And so just for a little bit of context there, but what I find so interesting is when we're looking at the wedding and about the oil, we look at oil, it is very symbolic of the Holy Spirit. When we look through the anointing of oil, even with when you think of David, when Saul, um, Samuel anointed David with oil, it was setting him apart. And it was very symbolic of the anointing in the favor of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so here, when I look at this and we're talking about the oil, it's amazing that in our lives, we have, like we talk about the natural, the flesh and the spirit. We also, and when we do the, in the spirit, we're talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We can easily operate out of the flesh or operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I look at this, I, what strikes me is the oil. They did not have enough oil. So what is taking, what's in account is that we can't go on yesterday's experiences. We can't go on yesterday's spirituality. There is that constant preparing, that constant dependency, that constant need for fresh oil, but an abundance of oil. We don't know what's ahead and God wants us to fully, fully be absorbed in the abundance of his provision of the Holy Spirit. So here they had enough oil for the, for what they needed at that moment, but not for the journey. They did not have enough oil for their journey. So five, I'm just saying this here, but five were completely prepared working with even the oil, having enough. When you think of the Holy Spirit, that desire, that pressing in for more, that awareness, being like fully watchful. There's in our study notes, it says watching correctly, seeing that I can't do this journey of life with the same fervency and perseverance without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I can't do this in my own natural flesh. If God tarries till I'm, you know, God willing, 80, 90, I want to have the same burning oil. My oil today is not going to last me till I'm 90 years old or as long as God gives me on earth. The oil, the preparation of oil is that complete dependency every day to be aware that there's a journey. We don't know how long, but allow our spirits to be full. That was a preach. Yeah. That was <laughs> a preach, yeah, Rhonda. That was powerful. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really powerful. And it is so true. And, you know, often we don't think of the Holy Spirit in terms of volume or amount. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we think, oh, okay, well, when I gave my life to Jesus, like I'm filled and then that's it. But actually the scriptures urge us to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to say you lose him, mm -hmm. but there is a choice. There's mm -hmm. always a choice how we operate. Do we operate in reliance of the Holy Spirit and awareness of saying, today I want a fresh infilling of your spirit in me to enable me and empower me to do what you've prepared for me to do? Or do we just walk in the flesh or in our way or in reliance on self and just do what we think we're supposed to do? Again, you see in this contrast, you see these five, these 10 these 10 virgins. And again, the virgins or the bridesmaids, they represent the church. They're mm -hmm, us, mm -hmm. the church, those who are waiting for Christ's return, those who are in waiting for Christ's return. So within this whole body of Christ, this church, they're, they're both represented, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, the, the five who were foolish could not rely on the five wise ones when the bridegroom returned. The thing that's so interesting about this though, mm -hmm. is that while they were waiting, they could rely on them and they did, mm -hmm. but that wasn't enough. They, it wouldn't sustain them 
for the final journey to the bridegroom. And again, I just think that's that's really both like sobering and has to bring awareness to us of where are we reliant on other people's experiences for what it is that you know we're walking out That's in powerful. our own lives That's right really like powerful. where are we like maybe it's it could come in lots of different ways right it could be like well i just have to get to church every sunday you know to get filled up in order to you know make it through the week or things like that whereas the holy spirit is actually saying no i want to fill you I want to fill you daily. Mm. I want to meet you daily. And I want Mm -hmm. you to put your full reliance on me. And when you come together in church, in the body of Christ, in community, I just want that to be an overflow of what I've already given you. You know, there's this, there's this overflow of the spirit. There's no limit with Mm. the spirit. We're the only ones that limit the spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit himself. Mm. And he's not holding back from any, from anyone. He has a abundant provision for every single one of us but like we have to take heed and we have to learn from this like that we can't take from and again sometimes it, when we read the story we think oh my goodness like why didn't this why didn't the wise ones just give you know give them something they, they couldn't because there's this like paradox in faith of that each one of us will stand before God like and account for our faithfulness for what we have done with this incredible gospel that we've been given. And that's the individual relationship with God that is so, so important. And that is only best expressed in the body of Christ when that individual relationship with God is infilled with the Holy Spirit, reliant on the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's where you see together um, in Corinthians, this is beautiful, beautiful picture of the body of Christ working in spiritual gifting and operation together, like in unity together to be this beautiful, full expression of who Jesus is on the earth. But if we don't have the individual first, the individual in filling and the daily, the daily, like these, these virgins are just like us. They would have been going about their life and their daily responsibilities with this hyper awareness and readiness and alertness for what was to come. But they still would have had to eat, sleep. I mean, when when the bridegroom came, they were sleeping. Mm-hmm. This is, they were doing a regular every day, the things that we have to do. So there's a lot to pull from this. It is so powerful. I love that you just said that, Laura. Like it really is like we're talking about multiple things moving at the same time. I don't know if there's a better word to use, but tensions. You've got your natural and your spiritual. You have literally your individual part with Christ. That's what you're accountable for. And also your individual stewardship in the body of Christ that works out of that place. It's not that never comes the togetherness side of the expression ex- of our faith. Exactly. Like that never takes precedent over your relationship with God. Cause that's where this, that's where your, um, your full expression in the body of Christ is able to be expressed, but it starts with your rootedness in Christ. And then here we have, I love this, like even their natural side of they're sleeping. They're eating, they're living their lives. They don't know when he's coming. And I think that's how we live. We live, Like we have a life to live here. We go to work, we have families to raise or things to do, but there's this awareness that Jesus could come back any moment. And I think it's that like those butterflies that stay in be like, okay, today could be that day. It may not be, but I'm going to live my life, but today could be that day. And I think that prep, it's not so much like when we read this, I know when years pass, it's funny. I, I've heard messages about this, like almost the women were all sleeping 
like a real focus on them being drowsy and that they would had fallen asleep versus it actually that's not the focus of the stories that they were sleeping because in this story they were waiting like they were literally in a way and it says a bridegroom was delayed so they would have been tired you wouldn't wait up for just say he was delayed by four days you need to sleep you're human even jesus was like like he had he was sleeping in the Bible, took a rest, was tired many times. Many times. Was it, yeah, exhausted. That's not spent. what the, f- this is not saying like, oh, they were not ready and watching. This is because they were tired. What was different about this is about the preparation. The preparation part. So when the bridegroom came, only five were ready. It, it really had, they were all sleeping. Like you're saying, they were all together. They were all codependent in this home together waiting. But as soon as the bridegroom came, there was a complete separation. And you wouldn't have known that in the house. They all looked the same, like they were all waiting for the same thing, all there, but five had prepared, five had that tension of urgency constant there, that full dependency, like, okay, I'm going about my normal business, but my bridegroom could be coming. The rest lost sight of that. And the bridegroom came and the prepper, they were not ready. And at that moment is when that separation happened and they missed out on a whole, the whole thing that they were waiting for was gone. They lost all of that. And who knows if it was just a matter of those five foolish ones saying, oh, I'll get some more tomorrow. Exactly. Like not, not, not any, not even, not even that far, like not even that far away. You know, it's not like they were not caring. It's not like they were not waiting. They were waiting and they were excited and they wanted to be with the bridegroom. They, they couldn't wait for him to come, but something about their preparation said, oh, I can get some more oil tomorrow like something about that and so i just think for us that's such an important thing for us to keep on our hearts and our minds and our intention is like what do we keep putting off for tomorrow because there's this maybe we're getting lost in the delay just the fact that it's all unfolding and taking so long you know what do we what are we putting off what are we saying oh like I know God's talking to me about that, but like I'll deal with that tomorrow. What, you know, what in our life, what habit maybe like are we giving into or has has been forming that we can just feel God sort of putting his finger on it. We just say, ah, you know what? Like, yeah, I will get, like I'm going to get to that. I know, I know I need to, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. forgive that person tomorrow. I will do it when, like how many, and that's kind of what it's like, you know? What would you say, is involved in our preparation, like our responsibility as the church who's waiting for the bride of Christ, who's waiting for the bridegroom to return. What do you think is involved in our preparation on this side of eternity for what is to come? What would you say to that? That's a great question. Well, I think first and foremost, and this is always, it comes down first to relationship with Jesus Christ. Like it's not about religion, it's about that relationship and about having, inviting him as your personal Lord and Savior, surrendering your life to him. And it's not about us being good or bad or being, you know, it's really about him being Lord. That's really what it comes down to. That's first and foremost. And secondly, I think it's always acknowledging the work of the Holy Spirit to say, because, you know, the oil is a big part of the story that we can't, these virgins could not have made it without the oil. 
<laughs> they couldn't have seen. The oil lit the way. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. I love in John, right before Jesus died, it's, such, it's one of the most beautiful passages to me because it's Jesus' heart right before he goes to the Father. We get an inside glimpse into his prayers with, with his Father. And he's saying, like, we haven't left them as orphans. Like, that whole talk, like, we're going to send the Holy Spirit. And that whole talk about, like, I've kept them. To, I've been with them. You know, I've not lost one. Um, but the one like Judas, he does mention that one, but he's like, I've kept them. I, like that ownership and that heart of Jesus. And he said like the Holy Spirit, it talks about the Holy Spirit coming. And I think for us, it's understanding that we need the Holy Spirit. So first off, the Holy Spirit to welcome that place in our lives, to fully lead and guide us. He's been sent as a guide, as a teacher. He's a full expression of the Trinity. Like that is part of divinity. The Trinity is with us, like inside of us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And thirdly, I think it's a deep hunger for the word of God, a deep hunger. So it starts with a relationship with God. It starts with an openness to invite the Holy Spirit to guide you and to lead you. Because even as we read the scriptures, we can even screw up how we read the scriptures. We can twist them to say what we want them to say. We can find what we want the scriptures to say. And allow, instead of allowing the scriptures to convict us, we can find we want the scriptures to justify in us. And so the Holy Spirit is critical in that part because he helps us as we devour and eat the manna of the word of God. It literally can illuminate our heart and help us to walk in a way that that oil is fresh, that oil is preparing us and we are listening to the promptings and we don't dismiss the promptings, but we need, we desperately need the work of the Holy Spirit to help us. And I, that's the church is here today because of the work of the Holy Spirit, really. It really is. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Oh, so true. How about you, Lord? Acts (laughs) 2. Yeah, bring it on. I love that. I love that. Well, yeah. No, I think exactly, exactly what you said. You know, the lamp is the word of God. It is the light of the word of God. You know, in the Psalms, it says, thy word, the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It literally is the light that's going to lead us where we need to go and that is to be with jesus ultimately you know in in all of eternity and i think our preparation really is about getting into the word of god letting it get into us letting it read us letting it form us into becoming more like jesus not being conformed to the ways of the world but transformed by the renewing of our mind and that's as we get into the word of god and as we study it that's what happens that's what happens to us you know and i love how you said a hunger for that. But I actually think that even if there's not a hunger for it, as we get into it out of a discipline, even if there's not a hunger, a hunger will begin. A hunger will begin to stir. Maybe not right away. And for some people, it can take a long time in Mm -hmm. discipline. Mm -hmm. Just going from discipline, from the place of discipline, reading the word of God, taking some in. And what I love about the word of God is it's not about how much you're consuming. It really isn't. But it is about being consistent. Mm. It is about allowing a little to get in every day, just as if you're feeding your spirit, Mm. just like you have to eat food every day. And maybe every day you don't eat the same amount of food. Sometimes you eat less food on one day than others. Some days you eat more food. Exactly the same with the word of God. It's not about the quantity, but it is letting it come in taking a little in, receiving it, letting it feed your spirit, because that is literally your light. That's mm-hmm. going to be what is going to light your way and what is going to prepare you. You know, the scriptures talk a lot about 
training in godliness, about being prepared for eternity, about readiness, and about the things that we can do that are earthly, that are, they're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the Mm -hmm. things that the virgins would have been doing every single day. But that training in godliness, that training and investing in that which is eternal, which is the word of God and investing into our spirit, that's what's going to last and that's what's going to take us. And I think that's the important part of our our preparation time. And it's what is going to keep us alert. (laughs) I think if we're not in the word of God, I think that's when we get sleepy and we put off to tomorrow what we could be doing today, what we could be receiving today. Again, I don't even like that word doing. It's not even about doing. It's about receiving. That's such a good word. What we could receive today. Yes. What the Holy Spirit has for us to receive today. And often we just neglect, we put off for tomorrow. So, wow. It just takes me back to a couple of our podcasts. We talked about appetites and we also, you know, talked about um, what's right in God's eyes. Because when we put off some, like two things just come, like what you just shared, they're so powerful, the discipline of the word of God. And sometimes, yeah, the, the hunger is there and you just devour. And even in our lives, there's seasons where it's pure discipline, but discipline. you know you need it. And it's, I think it's like anything you do. <laughs> there's times you feel like going for that walk or that exercise. And there's times you're like, no, I need to. It's the last thing I want to do. No matter how many amazing walks you've been on, you know, <laughs> you're like, no, I need exactly. to. And when you do it, you're like, oh yeah, I needed that. It really is a decision, an intentional decision. But I love the appetites because it's like, as we devour more of the word of God, it really does create an an appetite for us. Like an appetite starts to develop. Um, And secondly, I love when we talked about um, God, what's right in God's eyes, because we can say, well, I'll put that off for tomorrow. That's saying that's not as important. That's really not, I don't value that in the highest of the scales. It's something that can, what if to God, that is that is actually really incredibly important. That's why he's bringing it to your light. But we can get in that place and all of a sudden decide what God, what's important to God and what's not instead of allowing God to dictate that. And that's by urgently responding. I just, just as you were talking, it was yeah. so great, Lori, how you just unpack that about the discipline. So it really has to do with our appetites, what we're feeding yeah. and also about who we're pleasing yeah. and who's God. Who gets to make the call the shots? Well, you put it off to the next day. You're actually calling the shots. Then. <laughs> you're literally saying, oh, okay, God, thanks for that reminder. <laughs> it's not that important. I'll wait till tomorrow. But God's bringing it to light. When you actually stand back and think about it, you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. God, yeah. You, you need to lead the charge here. Yeah. And again, I think humanly we interpret even a conversation like this. We can easily interpret it through works, right? through earning, through legalism, through things like that. But like, I do want to stress, it isn't about any of that. It is about a posture of the heart. For sure. Like it's about a, like a, a way of thinking and a way of living that says, today I want to receive that fresh manna that you have for me. I mm. believe that you have something fresh and I want to receive that. And the posture of my heart is not just, I want to receive that for you know my benefit. I want to receive that because actually without it, I can't do your will. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't receive the fresh oil today of your Holy Spirit, a fresh infilling, a fresh empowerment today of your spirit, I actually can't fulfill your will 
completely. Mm. Maybe bits and pieces, I might stumble upon Mm -hmm. it, but I can't fully actually do and accomplish what it is you've set out for Mm -hmm. me to accomplish if I don't step fully into reliance on the Holy Spirit and on you. So it's more like, it's not like, we're not trying to say, okay, if you put off reading your Bible for one day, you know, you're sinning and you're missing it and your oil's not full and you're not going to make it. Like it's, we're not, it's not so black and white like that. It's much more nuanced to a posture of the heart before the Lord to actually invite the Holy Spirit and invite reliance on the Holy Spirit for every single day. Mm -hmm. And the promise is that when we do, we will be able to do far more than we ever thought possible on our own, right? And that's the exciting part. And one day... One day, remember, the bridegroom is delayed. He is delayed. He's, it says right there, he's delayed. So yes, we are in the waiting and he's delayed. We don't know when he's going to come. But in the waiting, we can still have great fulfillment in our relationship with God and in what God has purposed for us to do because it is all leading towards a great end, a great end. He's preparing a place for us. He's there now preparing a place Mm -hmm. for us. And that is exciting. That's going to unfold one day. So yeah, I just don't want it to come across like, you know, if you miss a day or it's not like that at all. It's not so, it's not so black and white. It's much more like just a, a heart posture and just a realization no, like I can't do this without yeah. you. Yeah, I really can't. I can do a lot of things without you. I can in my own strength. I can just go and do a lot of things without the Lord. But I actually can't do that which is eternal without him. Like oh, I can't. Yeah. That which is actually storing up treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. I can't do that without the Holy Spirit. So That's it's just so that, good. That switch. Yeah, I love. Thank you for bringing that even for those listening. And just a reminder, like yeah, the grace of God and the love of God is boundless. It's not about striving or perfection and legalism. Those are bond. That's bondage of the enemy to rob, steal and destroy from life that you would have it abundantly joy and strength and all the fruits of the Holy Spirit don't come from a place of that bondage of seeking approval. And you have been you are loved by God. He's bought you with a price already. You're his own. And I think what we're saying here is, you know, in, in essence, everything we do today can be restarted at any point that's the thing of forgiveness and repentance we comes right back to repentance today might have been a really off day we don't have to allow tomorrow to be another off day and i think that's we're saying it's like we can start one track today and if we keep going down that journey down that road it can it's going to lead to death it's not going to lead to anything good but at any point we can turn and stop and repent and say, God, help me. I forgive me for doing things on my own because I don't want to do things on my own. I want to do things I'll store up in heaven because all this moth, is, it's all going to be destroyed. None of this is going to remain. I want to do that what will remain. That's things that are eternal. So we just want to remind you that God loves you. And today, if it has been a really yucky season and just this season where you just feel like I have really just not been doing well in disciplines with the Lord or even just in my faith journey I'm just feeling numb today's a new day you don't have to continue down this path of feeling discouraged and feeling like giving up the towel there is a delay don't give up the towel today's a new day you have breath in your lungs get on your knees repent and say I want to start over and guess what his mercies are new Every morning, greatest is faithfulness. I love that scripture in Lamentations because God knows every day 
we need new mercy. We need new mercy and the faithfulness of God, his mercy, his faithfulness. Cause it even says when we're faithless, he remains faithful. And so may you feel that anchoring today that your salvation is not just like lost or God's love for you is dependent on what you do. It's actually who he is is love. God is love. And so may you feel that today. And this is more to say, we are encouraging to you live, live in the fullness of what God has for you. The fullness of the incomplete fullness of God. You are significant in your own journey and significant in the body of Christ. So, so good. You know what? There's a, there's a story that comes just in the next chapter that I think has a really neat tie-in to hmm. what we learn um, in, in the parable of the virgins, just how it's a call to be prepared, to watch, yes. to wake, all of that just in the next chapter. And I think, again, we can really relate to this story um, just as believers because it just shows our humanness. But just in the next chapter in Matthew 26, verse 36, it's a story where Jesus is praying in the garden mm -hmm. of Gethsemane. And it says, then Jesus went with them to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to, to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with them, and talking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. So there's that word watch again. Mm. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And again, Jesus is showing us an example right there of how, you know, this burden that he's going that he's going to be walking into is so heavy and he is sorrowful even unto death. Mm. And he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do this. And he literally says, if it's possible, if it's possible that I don't have to do this, but then he says, nevertheless, not what I want, but you. And so it shows us that reliance on the Holy Spirit. Jesus is showing us an example of that. He needs the Holy Spirit's help even to go and do, to mm. fulfill his father's will. So do we. And then it says, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. So here we see again, we mm. see the virgin sleeping and we see the disciples sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch? There's the word watch again with me one hour. And then he says it again, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. There's something here. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And so in the parable of the virgins, again, it's a call to watch. It's a call to be ready so that you may not enter into temptation is a key. And obviously the five foolish virgins entered into some form of temptation by not being ready for when the bridegroom came. And it says the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that is the wrestle mm. that each of us have humanly. Our spirit wants it, our spirit and their spirit wanted to be with Jesus in that place. They wanted to be alert. They wanted to pray. They wanted to stay with them. And obviously they didn't know that this was his hour. They didn't know mm -hmm. what was coming. They, they, again, there had, there's been up until this point, a delay in the fulfillment of what he's going to do, but they don't know this is the hour and literally in his last hour. They want to, but their flesh is weak. They're falling into temptation. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed and said, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. 
again he found them sleeping so leaving them again he went away and prayed for the third time saying the same words again then he came to the disciples and he said sleep and take your rest later on the hour is at hand i i just think it's so powerful i think it is so powerful that we see in real time a story with jesus where he's calling again mm-hmm. his disciples we are called his disciples we're disciples of jesus mm-hmm. and he calls us again to be awake to be alert to be alert and pray to watch and pray so that we don't fall into temptation mm-hmm. and then they fail their flesh is weak and they fail and just in the next chapter in the next verse next few verses in verse 69 is when peter denies jesus three times mm-hmm. so literally like they're Peter's inability to step into the spirit, to allow the spirit to strengthen him where his flesh is weak, caused a temptation to come where he did the very thing he swore to Jesus he would not do. Mm -hmm. I will never, I would never deny you. And three times he denies. And I love at the very end, it says, and he went out and wept bitterly. There was deep, deep, deep repentance and awareness. I think of all of this, coming together both remember jesus had just taught them about the parable of the virgins now they walked there they're with jesus in the garden they failed their flesh is weak peter denies jesus three times and he begins to weep bitterly. i think the connection between all of this hit him and he realized oh my goodness I need the Holy Spirit. Mm. I need the Holy Spirit. I tried to do it on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. And I just think that's a really powerful, powerful connection. And that's exactly what happens in us. That's what what happens. Our flesh is weak. Mm. Our spirit is willing. We want mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do the things we don't want to do. As Paul describes, we, you know, why do I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I cannot do because our flesh is weak mm-hmm. and our spirit is willing. We want to, and we fall into temptation. We fall into temptation. But the beautiful thing about all of that is for Peter and for us, it is a reminder of how much we need the Holy Spirit's help of how much we need to rely on the Spirit in order to do the will of the Father. And we see Jesus shows us the example of what that looks like, Mm. even unto death. And that's who we're to follow. That's who we're to follow. But we can be comforted that the disciples who were with Jesus had the same struggle, had the exact same struggle. In fact, Jesus himself had the same struggle. He just didn't fall. He just didn't fall. And I just think that's really powerful tie-in. It's such a practical. Yep. Excellent. And that's hope for us today. It is. It's hope that we have the Holy Spirit. And I love, like I always say this, I love that the Bible doesn't include just the highlight reel. (laughs) It includes everything. All the failures. Yes. And Peter goes on to be one of the most powerful apostles. And Jesus actually says, and Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And he uses Peter in a profound way to build the church, the first church, as we look in Acts, as it launches from the infilling of the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And so, but from that moment, he went from bitterly weeping, realizing to being empowered by the Holy Spirit, doing what was impossible for him to do in kingdom purpose. Yeah. And so it's, it's a hope journey. This is a hope filled journey. I think it's so beautiful. And I wonder too, if this was a sort of salvation moment for Peter, like Mm. a, a, a moment where it 
all made sense, right? Jesus has already been preaching for the last three years to Peter, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent. And finally, a spirit of repentance, true repentance comes over Peter and he's never the same from that moment. Like he's not the same from that moment. And, you know, each one of us, each one of us, that's exactly what it's like. We have a moment where we realize before a holy God that we're weak Mm -hmm. and that we fall and that all have fallen short. And when that repentance comes, when that true repentance comes, transformation comes. It isn't just about the weeping. We can weep and feel bad for what we've done. We can weep and feel bad for, you know, being, you know, messing up and not, you know, filling up our oil and just taking things into our own hands. But it's when that repentance comes, that transformation comes, change Mm -hmm. comes, a revelation comes, an understanding comes. And we're never the same from that moment on. And that doesn't mean we don't fall again, but we're never the same from that moment. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that's so, so powerful and so beautiful. Well, what a beautiful talk today. And what a beautiful reminder that your king loves you and you can be assured that your king is with you. He is with you when you're weak and he is there to make you strong because it's only by his grace. And when I love that scripture, when we're weak, he's strong and he wants us to come fully submitted. And so know that you can trust your king. He's fully loving, full of grace, but he also will empower you to walk in the way that he's already destined for you to walk in. So follow your king and listen to his voice today. And the truth is we're all in the waiting. We are in the waiting. We're in the delay. And so stand firm hold fast, take heart. Don't give up. Don't give up in the delay. Be ready, be alert, prepare, dive into the word of God because yeah, he's going to return and we want to be ready and we want to be prepared. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.